Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the 11th chapter, and you can join me on page 130 if you like. Now the apostles and the brothers and sisters who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Zappa, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds in the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house, saying to Zappa, and bring Simon, who is called Peter, and he will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And I, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it, as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if God gave them the same gift that he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Here ends the reading.
join me in the second lesson, a reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 to 6, and it's in the New Testament, page 259. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Here ends the reading. The Gospel lesson from John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Listen with me for the word of God. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer you will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Act Naturally was a song made famous by the country western singer Buck Owens. 
I want to read some of the lyrics of the song for you. I'm not going to try to sing it, but I want to read the words for you. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. We'll make a film about a man that's sad and lonely. And all I got to do is act naturally. Well, I bet you I'm going to be a big star. Might win an Oscar. You can't never tell. The movie's going to make me a big star because I can play the part so well. The song has a certain charm to it. I think because the singer, whether it's Buck Owens or Ringo Starr or somebody else, there's a naivete to what the singer is singing. They're going to make me a big star. Why is it that our culture is so infatuated with celebrity? Some psychologists think it goes back to ancient Greek culture when the Greeks created the gods of Mount Olympus, these ideals who dwelled way up high. There was this admiration for those gods, an aspiration to be like them. But there was always a distance that could never be covered. And so think about how we imagine the celebrities of our life over the past hundred years or so in North American culture. We're infatuated with celebrity. Singers, musicians, actors. Even in the mid-20th century, there were public intellectuals who were celebrities. Even celebrity clergy. And then, of course, over the past several decades, athletes have arisen to that stature. Social media has given the illusion that people, everyday people, like you and me, can become celebrities. Our 15 minutes of fame might launch us into the next stratosphere. Because celebrity has always insinuated that there's this impenetrable distance Kind of like between the ancient Greeks and the gods on Mount Olympus. There's this distance between where we are and those celebrities on the big screen or on the billboard charts. There's this distance and, and, and we, we, we look at them and we think, oh, I want to be like them. Their life looks so awesome. And in fact, maybe if I could just get a little bit close to them, then my life will have more value. And maybe, just maybe, if I can be one, then people will really love me. Why is it? Why is it that we're so captivated by this? It seems that we want people to know us by so many other things out there in the world. How we look, how we sound. We want a reputation based on so many other factors but then along comes Jesus on the night that he is with his disciples preparing them for a life without him in person like he had been day by day. If you came to our Monday, Thursday noontime service, you heard this scripture read. And the context of when Jesus said this, it's really fascinating because he took on the role of a servant. 
and he demonstrated through his actions what he was teaching them with his words. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment. In the same way that I have loved you, now I want you to love each other with that kind of love. And when you do, people will know you for your love. Jesus says this is a, a, a new commandment. Yes, there have been times that he taught on love, taught about the importance of loving God with everything you got, loving your neighbor as yourself, he even talked about loving your enemies, and yes, loving your neighbor. But there's something distinctive about this teaching. Jesus, I believe, is saying, through my words and through my actions, you have received God's love through me. You have something now that you didn't have before. I have loved you. Now take this. Take this love that you have been given and share it freely with others. Do it. As you may have heard, within the New Testament, there are many different words that are rendered in English, love. This is one of those times that the ancient Greek word agape is used. Some biblical scholars pronounce it agape. But here's what it means. It means affection put into action. It means doing things for the sake of another. It's not just a charitable contribution that is a financial donation, but it's a charitable contribution of loving action for the sake of another person's benefit. Love. Love. The way that you love each other, that's how you're to be known. Not chasing after some celebrity status. Not chasing after the way some people may supposedly think about you. I grew up in the church. And ever since I was a little guy, every church I've ever been a part of, it seems the same question is asked after every worship service, after every Sunday school lesson, after every fellowship meal, after every mission trip, after every gathering of people, the same question is asked. Do you know what the question is? How many people were there? As if there's some magic number that will demonstrate faithfulness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I tell you what. Suppose everybody gathered here right now, suppose we had double the number of people. Would that make you happy? Suppose we had double the number of people, but there was, but there was an unmistakable dark spirit of gossip, ridicule, deceit, selfishness. Is that what we want to be known for? I believe Jesus wants us to be known for our love. Wouldn't it be great if when people look at you, when they hear your name and they think of you, they think about the ministry of the church, and they say, oh, I know that church. That's that really loving church. That's the church where the people are, are so thoughtful and compassionate and generous, where people go out of their way to improve the lives of people who are suffering. Oh, yeah, that's that loving church. 
Today we have these four confirmands, and there's another confirmand who is under the weather. She'll be confirmed on another Sunday in a few weeks. I want to say a message to these four young ladies right now. The rest of you are welcome to overhear it if you want to, but the four of you, I want you to hear me really clearly. God's love for you has been revealed in the way that this church has lovingly cared for you, taught you the faith, supported you, prayed for you. Our great hope for you is that you will be known as a person of love. Wherever you may go, whether it's at school, on a scouting trip, at a dance competition, whether you are at home with your family or hanging out with your friends, wherever you go, oh, I know her. She's so loving. Oh, you mean she's kind and nice. No, there's something more to it. There's something distinctive about her. There's something special about her. It's God's love at work inside of her. Stanley Hauerwas, the great theological ethicist, he, many years ago, articulated a modest proposal for peace. He said, what if all of the Christians in the world agreed to not kill each other? Sounds simple and straightforward. What if all the Christians in the world agreed to not kill each other? Could we do that? Sounds simple enough, right? Remember what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount. You have heard it said, thou shalt not kill, but I say to you, says Jesus, that even when there is something lurking in your mind or in your heart, something in the dark caverns of the interior of your life, against another person. It's just as bad. And yet we still struggle with not just being kind, but we still struggle in this world with obvious sinful acts of violence. Just this last week, a teenager in New York State drove over 200 miles to the city of Buffalo, New York, dressed in full tactical gear. This alleged gunman went into a grocery store, opened fire, leaving 10 people dead, three wounded. The U.S. Department of Justice has very strong evidence to suggest that this person committed this crime as a violent hate crime because of racism. I cannot try to explain the delusional logic of white supremacy. People who subscribe to this want to suppose, I love who I am so much that I want to preserve who I am and my people, even if that means excluding and getting rid of others. That's not love. White supremacy is sinful, 
and evil and has no place in the kingdom of God. True love seeks to bring forth life and energy and hope. In the book of Acts, there is this amazing story that we heard about a vision. In summary, the takeaway from the vision is that once we thought was unholy and profane, now God is saying it's clean. So then who are we to call profane what God has made clean? Maybe we should be open to understanding a fresh insight from God. Who are we to say? The text from Revelation chapter 21, it it brings to a close this long, colorful, imaginative vision that God gave to John on the Isle of Patmos. It's a word of encouragement during times of duress. And right here at the end, chapter 21, there's a vision about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. God coming to dwell with people fully and completely. We know about the first time that Jesus came to Mary and Joseph at Bethlehem. And now we look forward to this time when there will be no more pain, no more suffering. Every tear will be dried. So the question is, how are we to live during this in-between time? What are we to do? Just act naturally and hope to be a big star? No. If you and I just resolve to act naturally, (laughs) our sinfulness takes over. Our, Our selfish ways, our ego, our violence... Not act naturally, but act lovingly in the way that Jesus first loved you. Take that love, nourish it, and use it as the substance of your love for others. It's not the way of the world, but it's the way that Jesus would have for us today. And you will be known for your love. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, your grace, your mercy, your peace is abundant and new every day. Although we do not deserve what you so wonderfully provide, you are here for us. We humbly pray that we would be made present for you now and in the days to come receiving the love that you provide, and sharing that love freely with everybody. Looking forward to a life that is flourishing with promise and hope, energy and strength for all people. Bless us, we humbly pray, especially these four confirmation students, that we all would be known as people of love. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.